The following program is underwritten by... It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain and punishment. That's why Dr. Roger Mugford from the Company of Animals created the Pet Corrector, which allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like barking with a simple... Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Go grab your pets. Bring them around the radio right now. Grab a phone, especially if you have any questions about your animals. Of course, Dr. Debbie is here. Joey Volani, groomer extraordinaire here to answer your questions. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. And uh, you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. So you can download that free puppy now. Thanks, guys. Uh, Dr. Fosterson Smith made that a free download for you and made it so you can ask your questions whenever you want. Oh, you know what is really cool about that app, too, is that it tells you all about the recalls and all the news that affects your pets, the news that really affects you. So that's why I have it. I've downloaded it. I have it on all my, all my phones. I have to. I have several phones, of course. You've downloaded it a couple times, yeah. Yeah. Miss Lori Brooks, working hard in the newsroom today. I see that uh, you brought your animals in. What are you working on? Of course. Well, isn't yeah, this great? I mean, there's no other job that you can bring your animals into. Not very many. Not a lot. Yeah. So as long as, well, today I, I have, have Jackie in here, and, and she's, you know, she's just one of those really cute kittens that, she's not a kitten, but because she was raised, you know, in a loving family, she she plays, and so you never know what's going to become a toy to her. Could be the microphone. Your head. Sure. <laughs> your foot. <laughs> she's very resourceful. But I am working on a story for you guys. Um, I was thinking about calling it, I don't know, litter lid container cranium. I didn't want to go with jar head because that's <laughs> kind of what it leads to. You know, litter and stuff like that becomes hazardous to animals. I, I wanted to mention that Dr. Debbie, she's in fact late today. She's going to be here. She'll be here in time to answer calls within the next couple of minutes. But she just called in. She said she was removing some kind of mysterious object from another dog. And she does this all the time. This happens mostly to skunks. Skunks? I can tell you that much. And there is one particular food container that happens to end up as, you know, the container cranium bucket. (laughs) I don't know. You can call this so many things. It's a very creative story. But it's also very hazardous to animals. So we'll share it with you. I wonder how you would help a skunk. I mean, that would be... Because I would approach a lot of animals, but I think I would be afraid, um, you know, I wonder if you just threw a towel over and held the tail down, um, if you can actually not get sprayed. That's well, Joey, you're the groomer. What, what, is the, what is the secret for getting out the skunk odor? I saw a friend on Facebook the other night who gave a dog bath in, uh, was it? There's, you know what? There, uh, there's actually a lot of good things on the market right now, but if you needed something in a pinch, it's OxyClean and water. Don't get it in their eyes. Pour it on. Follow the instructions on the back. One scoop to a gallon of water. And just let it sit there. I thought tomato juice was what you used. Yeah, try it. That was old. You know what? Next, next time your pet gets skunked, try tomato juice, and and what you'll do is you'll break everything in your house before before you're done with it because you'll have tomato juice all over everything, and you're going to smell skunk. Tomato juice. I don't know where that ever came from. I tried. The Brady Bunch. It don't work. The, the, the latest thing I thought was Listerine. Listerine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be to- Isn't Believe that toxic. Believe it I, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know what, Judy, that's actually really good. I wouldn't use it on the whole dog because it's it's an antiseptic and it's going to burn and it could dry out the coat. 
But a lot of times they get sprayed in the face. Right. So it's it's hard to use even the OxyClean. If you get it in the eyes, it, it's not really good. But if you take Listerine on a cotton ball and you wipe the wipe the pet's face with it, you know you you'll get you'll get great results with that. Wow, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Oh, you got to break the oils down. The show, that, that's what times. it is. You got to you got to break yeah. down those oils. And and once the the, the biggest mistake people make is is they want to. Put um, water on it right away to wash it. No soap and then water because you want to break that oil barrier down and rinse it away. Once you add water, you 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 pretty much solidified it for the next six to eight months. You're going to keep smelling it every time the dog gets wet. Well, this is good. You see, the first ten minutes of the show, I've already learned something today, and uh, <laughs> you. you will too. Hopefully, you'll stick around and ask your questions. Toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. In fact, let's go to the phones right now. Doctor Debbie's running into the studio. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Hey, not too bad. Itching a little bit. Itching a little uh, bit? Yeah. I don't work on people, so I can't help you with that, Mark. <laughs> well, I don't know. Those fleas are all over the place here. I got a little bit of a flea problem. You do? Yes, sir. It's been going on for a couple of years. Uh, I'm down in uh, I'm down lower keys, and uh, I got a couple of little dogs, and they got they got fleas. You know, a couple of years ago. And I keep trying all sorts of stuff, all sorts of home remedies, and, you know, do the old uh, wives' tale, I'll go dip me in the ocean, do this, do that. And I just, um, I, I have not been able to rid them completely. I, I can kind of, you know, keep the fleas at bay for a little while. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I mean, there's nothing. There's, I've, I've tried, uh, and, I'm, and I don't want to continue using, like, all those squeeze-on chemicals and all of that. Um, okay. An it, interesting thing I, that that I just discovered, you know, because I I brush them almost daily with a little flea comb, and it said dip it in soapy water. So I made some Dawn dishwashing, you know, diluted Dawn dishwashing detergent, and every time I dip the brush in there, whatever fleas were in the in the little comb or the brush thing, it, I mean, they like died immediately. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. wondering, sure. is Dawn dish soap a, a good flea bath? for dogs okay great question and this is one i see a lot on the internet and a lot of people ask about it and there's nothing necessarily magical about dawn dish soap but, but we know is any shampoo that you use on an animal um, will basically drown the fleas so um, if you're looking for a chemical free alternative to flea control using a shampoo either how you're doing it um, or bathing the pet regularly and using a flea comb to physically remove the fleas that is a great method to kill the adult fleas does not do anything to kill those 95% of immature forms. And, you know, if you if you like non-toxic and you like chemical-free, um, one thing you can do to help treat the environment, some folks will use boric acid, and it's the ingredient they use a lot in the flea busters um, product. And you can actually use that in the um, house, um, so in the carpet, around the home, and that actually physically will kill um, the fleas as well. So that's another nice um, alternative because it will kill the uh, larva stage of the flea. So that, you know, might be another thing to throw in with your dawn and uh, and um, uh, brushing technique there. Oh, oh okay, boric acid. Uh, and now, I've also had somebody say diatomaceous earth to sprinkle that, like, into your carpeting. Does that, yeah. does that actually do anything? or? It does actually kill the adult forms of fleas. Um, it basically, uh, yeah, it can kill them off. The only bad thing that, that I'm not a fan of is that that 
that product, the diatomaceous earth, can actually lead to lung problems. So I'm not a fan so much of using that. I would, I would tend to lean towards boric acid, which is actually, um, would be my preference. If you're looking for that chemical-free and you don't want to use uh, any of the multitude of proven pesticides that, that are out there to help treat fleas. Okay. And then uh, is, is there any truth, though, to dipping them in salt water, rubbing them down with baby oil, any of, I mean, or is that just kind of wives' tales? Well, all of that's going to get back to anything that's going to drown an adult flea. So if you get a flea wet or you put something over it where they can't breathe, uh, which is where the oils would come into play, it'll physically kill those adults. It just depends how much you want to put your pet through and how much mess you're going to want to have to clean up. So um, I, I would be more a fan of just using a good dog shampoo if you're opposed to using a flea tick shampoo because, you know, a dog can actually be a little too drying um, for pets. It's not really... Uh, it's good for degreasing. It's a very effective degreasing shampoo when you have pets that get into motor oil or spills. Um, but it, it can be a, a bit too dry for a dog's skin. So stick to a you know, regular old dog shampoo if you like. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for your call, Mark. I heard diatomaceous earth. Somebody, a friend of ours, is actually feeding it to their dog. Is that okay to do? You know, there's people that use that as well for a lot of intestinal problems as a way to help bind toxins. Um, and, and, of course, in that method, we wouldn't have the concern so much as long as it's mixed within a product. Um, I'll be honest, I don't use it a lot, so I can't say it's a great treatment, but I do know people who use it. You should know this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Neutralife Ultra Joint and Liver Support. Listen up. If your pet has difficulty walking or running... You might want to think about Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Neutralife Pet with Sammy. Buy one box, get one free using the code Animal Radio. Call 1-844-PET-SAMI. That's 1-844-PET-S-A-M-E. Or visit them online at NeutralifePet.com. And thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's go to Katie. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you doing? Good. Where are you calling from today? Um, Cottonwood, California. Cottonwood, I have never heard mm-hmm. of that. Where is that? Is that... Um, way north, uh, close to Reading. Oh, it must be beautiful up there. Mm-hmm. It is. It is beautiful, yes. Thank well, how, how can we help you today? Well, I've been, I'm an animal lover, dogs, cats, and all kinds of things. But I have a question about my uh, kitty cats, uh, and I've wondered this for a long time because I've had them my whole life. And I have two cats now. They're predominantly house cats. However, I do let them out during the day to a big yard that they cannot get out of. Uh, and I only say that so I, so you know that they're not just racing all over the place and it's relatively <laughs> confined. Um, okay. And I've wondered, um, one of them is um, five years older than the other. And the younger one started this when I go to pet him. His back would kind of cave in, not when he was real tiny, but when he was about a year old or so. When I go to pet him, he he wants me to pet him. It's not like he doesn't like me. But when I run my hand down his back, he kind of caved in a little bit. And I remember when that kind of started, and I thought, you know, that's weird. I've had other cats that did that occasionally. And now my older one is starting to do that, and they want me to pet them. And they do not have fleas. I took them into the vets and had them had a, had their annual here just lately. Um, and I I don't really know what that's from. That's one question I have. Why okay. do they start that? And the other is I've had kitty cats along the way that I think I know the answer to this, but I'm not sure. But when you go to pet them, they're they're fine. But then when you take your start to take your hand away, sometimes they try to paw with their little claws out, try to 
paw you, or occasionally you'll get one that wants to nip when you take your hand away. Yeah. I, so I are these both when, both these questions kind of relating to the same area of the body? No. Uh, when the petting is just on the back that they cave in toward on the back, okay. uh, when I, when they're standing or something, I reach down to pet them. And they, they want me to pet them. You must have experienced that before, haven't you? Or? Yeah, yeah. And when you when the kitties um, are caving in in the back, are they actually kind of sticking their butt up as well at that time? Uh, pre- yeah, pretty much. Pretty much they just... Okay. They just... Kind of cave in the back, like they're sticking mm-hmm. their butt in the air more? No, their they're rear end probably stays the same, but they kind okay. of dive down in the back. And then if I were to really continue, they, they almost kind of lay down. Okay. I don't... Well, with, with petting in in kitties, um, you know they're very responsive to tactile stimulation. So, meaning the, the power of touch in cats is variable. So, some cats can tolerate um, extensive petting in um, different pressures and different locations, and they're very comfortable with that, and they invite that. There are others that just the process of petting it overstimulates them. And um, mm-hmm. it can start different things. And that's what I was asking about, you know, if we have the butt up. Because a lot of cats, mm-hmm. when you pet near their lower back, they like mm-hmm. it. They kind of mm-hmm. kind of sink into it a little bit. Sometimes they'll raise their back end, their tail area up in the air. And then mm-hmm. some cats will actually even respond aggressively at that point. Mm-hmm. So, I, I um, do know what you mean there. They like to be scratched kind of ahead of the tail area sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but uh-huh. any kind of petting, stroking in those areas, they may like it, but it can, it's mm-hmm. almost like I equate this to like a cat is, is kind of like me as a kid. Um, I love to get tickled, but uh-huh. it was too much and, and it mm-hmm. actually got to the point where it became painful. <laughs> so, well, I know what you mean, yes. Uh-huh. So kind of cons- consider that and keep in mind, you know, every cat's got different levels of tolerance for the petting, um, behaviors. Uh-huh. Um, and, and there are actually cats where that will actually elicit, like I mentioned, the, you know, aggressive responses. Um, uh-huh. and sometimes, the, uh-huh. you know, they'll, they'll give you clues that this is too much for me. You know, the tail may flick side to side. Sometimes we'll see uh-huh. their eyes, the pupils, um, the color parts will get really dilated. And uh-huh. those are signs that, okay, this is exceeding the this level of enough. pain that I'm comfortable <laughs> with. Uh-huh. So, okay, now, yeah, so uh, Dr. Debbie, what about when you have a kitty cat that, um, my daughter has one right now that's this way, where you go pet her, and then as you stop petting, you take your hand away, she wants to nip at your hand. What is that about? Well, some of that, if it's not a matter of being overstimulated, it's, it's, she's asking for something and trying to <laughs> change your behavior. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, I biting. Think she wants me to keep petting is what I think. And when they reach out with their little paw and kind of grab your hand, I think they want you to pet, but I wasn't sure. Someone to ask you. Yeah, and, and that's where reading the body language is really important because if we have a kitty that's getting overstimulated and it were mm-hmm. to the point where they're going to react by a bite or a swap, um, a swiping, um, mm-hmm. we might pick up some of those other you know, nonverbal cues in ahead of time. And the goal then is to stop petting and mm-hmm. exit uh, safely and a lot of times offering <laughs> a food or a toy or something else to entertain the kitty so that you don't become the target. Because I you don't see. want to become a target, and you also don't want, in the other situation, some cats will do that, and um, the instinct is, okay, well, I won't stop. I'll just keep petting you. And they it's basically uh-huh. like a dog that is barking at you <laughs> for food. Yeah, if you I give see. in to it, you are becoming trained into their will. And that's okay yeah. for some folks. You know, it really is. Cats rule a lot of homes <laughs> in this country. But if it um, becomes a negative behavior, um, then you just have to recognize that you are being... Um, 
herded by your cat. <laughs> I I get I get it. Okay, yeah, I see. You do, uh, cats are just harder to understand for me than dogs. So cats, the the thing, the major difference I see behavior um, wise with cats is that their communication is under the radar. So you have to be mm-hmm. very intuitive and in watching your cat and really mm-hmm. listening by watching their behavior because a dog is going to give you verbal cues. They're going to whine. Mm-hmm. They're going to bark. Cats mm-hmm. tell us a lot. We just don't notice it. I'll tell you, what, once you think you start to understand a cat, then they do something and you just have no clue anymore. <laughs> That's very true. That's true. Well, thank you so much, and I love your show. Thanks for listening, and Katie. Continue. I will continue listening. Thank you. You're awesome. A toll-free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Animal Radio is underwritten by Neutral Life Ultra Joint and Liver Support. If your pet has difficulty walking or running, give this a try. Ultra joint and liver support from Neutralife Pet with Sammy. Buy one box and get one free by using the code Animal Radio. Call 1-844-PET-SAME or visit them online at NeutralifePet.com. Thanks, Neutralife, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. Get your Plenty card at Exxon or Mobile and start earning points at lots of places. So I get points for filling up at Exxon? You sure do. What about getting coffee at Mobile? Points. Streaming TV shows on Hulu? Definitely. Points on my AT&T wireless bill? Yep. Buying soap? At Rite Aid. Buying you a birthday present? Points at Macy's. Visiting your parents? No. You get marriage points. Oh. Exxon and Mobile are the only fuel brands that are part of Plenty, the rewards program that lets you earn points at one place and use them at another. Join Plenty for free through a participating Exxon or Mobile station today. Terms and limitations apply. See Plenty.com slash partners for details. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner can make for their pet. They believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry with organic fruits and vegetables. Meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewies.com. Geico presents Kathy, the Candid Realtor. Okay, and right around here is the kitchen. Gas range, granite countertops, all those gadgets you registered for will look great up here until that toaster overheats and takes out everything in a two-foot radius. It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Hi, this is Joy Behar on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. We're going to head back to the phones in just a second. If you're partaking in our Get Your Licks on Route 66 Adoption Tour, today we are in Chicago, Illinois at PAWS. And tomorrow we'll be in Springfield, Illinois, 
we encourage you to come on out and join us because it's not just a not only just a bunch of cute little animals looking for homes, but we have uh, gifts, they have prizes, a big spinning big wheel, spinning wheel. You can win lots of prizes. Great stuff. You'll have lots of fun. And so, all the donations go to the shelter for that day. So it stays all locally within your community local. there. Yes. Chicago today and Springfield, Illinois tomorrow. You can go to getyourlicks.com. So you mean I can um, go and, and have fun and, and it's a good cause is what you're saying. So, yeah. so you know, why wouldn't you go? Well, because you, cause some people say, okay, right. if I go, I need to be adopting an animal. And that's not the case. You don't have to adopt an animal at this event. You just go down and have fun. That's what it's all about. And some people go saying... I know I'm going to bring an animal home, and I don't. <laughs> I don't need another Which is animal. Exactly what we want. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And then my wife comes home me every night. It's unbelievable. This Wednesday, Wacky Wednesday at our Facebook page. It's always a fun time. Great pictures. Thank you so much for uploading your Wacky Wednesday pictures. For the most likes and the most shares, we give prizes from our sponsors. And this week, Miss Francis, what have you wrangled? You know, boy, these names, they're all tongue teasers. From Absorbing Pet, we have the Show Sheen Woof Puff and the Ultra Shield Green Woof Puff. Now, do you know <laughs> what a, a Woof Puff is? I love them. I think I know what a Woof Puff is. Is that when Ladybug turns around and smells her little behind back her little there? Toots? Is that no, a Woof Puff? No, 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 no. No? That's not something you can give away. Those okay. we keep. This Woof Puff... <laughs> You know, like when you when you're in the shower, those little mesh scrub things to exfoliate the you. They're puffs. Well, they have them for dogs, and what they do is they have soap beads in them already. So all you do is take this puff, you wet it, and then you can just scrub your pet with it. This is grooming salon approved, and I'll tell you why because I've used them. Oh, really? And I love them. I but you know what? I took them into the salon. I had them. They look very, like, faddish, and, but I love the company Absorb, and I've used their products, so I used it, and I fell in love with it. Go ahead, get your wacky pictures, and upload them this Wednesday over at our Facebook page, and uh, the most like the most shares, you'll pick up this Wolf Puff Ultra Shield Green Wolf Puff Show Sheen Absorbing <laughs> Package. There you go. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Dolphin-assisted birth. Okay, you heard that right, and what is so amazing is that it's actually a new take on water births for human babies. That's right, dolphin-assisted birth. It's a growing trend in popularity. The Sirius Institute, which is a New Age center over in Hawaii, dedicated to, they say, encouraging the bonds between dolphins and humans, actually offers dolphin-assisted childbirth. Uh, But that doesn't mean it's a good thing, although one woman who lives in Hawaii thought it was a great thing, so she and her husband planned to deliver their human baby in the Pacific Ocean off the Hawaiian coast. Now, they had planned on having a dolphin, a flippered midwife, by just showing up at the ocean once the woman went into labor. Well, there's actually a YouTube video about this, and believe it or not, the mother-to-be thought her baby would be able to 
quote-unquote speak dolphin as a result of immediate exposure to the animals. Now, it is claimed by some that human babies who are born in the ocean reach their developmental milestones as long as six months ahead of schedule or babies born in regular settings, you know, like on a hospital. So still, if you're hoping a dolphin will help birth your child, I would think it's also conceivable then that a shark might also want to help. Not a good thing, huh? If you spend any time online, I'm betting you've seen all the videos of animals, you know, running around helplessly with these plastic cups stuck on their heads recently. Uh, and no doubt a lot of people have shared those videos thinking it's funny, but the Humane Society says this is no joke because some of the animals are hopelessly trapped and can easily die with those cups stuck on their head. One of the worst containers for getting stuck on the heads of animals are those Yoplait yogurt cups. They say that's because they're more narrow at the top, and then they've got a ridge inside, and that can trap the animals, which leads to starvation. The answer, they say, is to stomp on that Yoplait yogurt cup, actually crush it before it makes its way to the landfill or, you know, as litter along the highway. I'm Lori Brooks. You can get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Sadly, many dogs suffer with weak joints, affecting their ability to walk. Thankfully, there's ultra joint and liver support from Neutralife Pet with Sam E., the proven supplement for joint health. Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Neutralife Pet can help restore your animal's quality of life. Buy one box of Ultra Joint and Liver Support and get one free by using coupon code ANIMALRADIO. Order yours at www.neutralifepet.com and get your pet up and running. It's time for another Nutrilife pet tip. If you're lucky enough, your dog or cat will live to be a senior. But unfortunately, nearly 70% of cats and 40% of dogs get arthritis. If you notice that your dog or cat has suddenly become withdrawn. Or getting into a car becomes a big task. You may have even noticed that they've started limping or just favoring one of their legs. My friend, these are all symptoms of arthritis. So keep an eye out and watch your pet for any of these symptoms. That was a Nutrilife pet tip. Visit NutrilifePet.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. We'll head back to the phones for your calls in just a couple of minutes. First, we're going to visit with Laura Coffey. Laura is a writer. She's an editor and a producer for Today.com. It is the website for NBC's Today Show. She's, of course, an award-winning journalist with more than two decades of experience and at the pinnacle of her career right now on Animal Radio. <laughs> Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, absolutely splendid. I'm enjoying your book so much. I just had a chance to crack it open. 
And it's called My Old Dog Rescued Pets with Remarkable Second Acts. And this is near and dear to me because uh, a lot of these animals... You know, would have been in the shelters. They're they're old. They're seniors. You don't want to see a senior dog die alone in a shelter. No, you certainly don't. No. Tell us about the book and what's in it. Well, you know, this book is a very happy book. It does touch on this uh, topic that is a bit a bit disturbing, as you just referenced. It's sad to think about an older, um, sweet, mellow animal um, being alone in a shelter at the end of its life, um, but. Um, the very happy news is that um, there is a growing grassroots movement across North America and around the world to help homeless senior animals, and it's really exciting to see how much is happening. About 10 years ago, this was kind of unheard of. We wanted to work on this book to try to change people's perceptions of older um, shelter animals and r- help them to really realize how wonderful they are, how what fantastic family members they make. They, they fit right in, and they're, they're calm and mellow and already house-trained and ready to go. And when people do this, take these dogs in, it tends to make their lives so much better. The senior dogs like this make great, excellent pets, not only for uh, senior humans, of course, because you know you, you don't have to start off with a with a pet that's young that you can't rambunctious <laughs> and you can't deal with that kind of thing. And you know that's frankly what I want to do. And I don't consider myself a senior yet, but my next animal will be a older, older dog because dog, yeah. I don't know how long I'm mm-hmm. going to be around, and I don't I don't want to have to go chasing after a little puppy anymore. I don't have that energy. That is absolutely true, um, and they are easier. <laughs> Yes. Puppies, puppies are wonderful, of course, and they're fun. It's just that um, a, an older pet can um, make an ideal companion for anyone who has a busy life. And how, who of us, and most of us, do have very busy lifestyles these days, uh, regardless of our age. Um, and so we uh, um, wanted to encourage people not to overlook the older ones, you know, in shelters and you know th- through rescue groups. And um, put, we wanted to put a spotlight on this because they they make such great friends at that age. They're just extra sweet, extra wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do they end up in the shelter at that age? You know, it's through no fault of their own in uh, pretty much every case. Um, often there is um, a life upheaval of some sort on the part of the human pet owner. Frequently it involves financial pressures of some sort. There also could be a, an illness or um, maybe an older animal um, owner and, uh, ends up needing to go into an assisted living facility or a senior care facility of some sort that doesn't accept pets. Um, that's a, a common reason. And then, um, so here's this, this pet that had been accustomed to living in a home um, and, and ends up at, in an owner surrender situation in a shelter at this uh, late stage of its life, and it can be um, very confusing for the, for the pet. Our, our book contains about 20 really happy uh, success stories of people from all walks of life who took these pets in, and they all said that um, the animals were so grateful, <laughs> so happy uh, mm-hmm. to be in in a home and and uh, to be welcome and out of that shelter. You know, I'm looking in the book now, and you do a little exposés on each one of these dogs. How many dogs are in here? About twenty um, happy success stories, and and you know they're all over uh, the United States, and the stories are really really happy. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Britagne. I don't know if that's how. You yeah, pronounce- you know that's a funny pronunciation for that one. That dog is named Brittany, pronounced Brit- Brittany. Really? Um, and yeah, and she is now um, the last uh, known surviving search dog um, from 9/11 who worked the wow. pile at Ground Zero after the September 11th terrorist attacks. And she is one anomaly in this book. She's the only dog in the whole book who was not rescued as a senior, um, but we included her in the book uh, for several reasons. And one of which was to show what her longtime handler um, did to keep her active and engaged and um, prevent boredom 
for this dog as this dog aged. Um, so, so the dog had this incredible, you know, beginning of its life. It did this unbelievable service for people in her younger years, and then in her later years, um, she started to lose mobility. She was having a difficult time walking, and her human mom installed an above-ground pool in the backyard um, and helped the dog swim and you know get some um, that that kind of exercise every day. And the dog got all her mobility back. And then for mental stimulation, she started volunteering at a school and helping first graders learn how to read wow. as a reading assistance dog. And and then she went on to do so many other amazing things in her retirement years. And you can't believe, <laughs> I mean, it's just this epic tale of um, how much this 9-11 search dog did um, for pe- for all kinds of people children and adults in her later years and it's really inspiring ah that is just one of the stories in the book the book's called my old dog rescued pets with remarkable second acts i have 10 copies to give away it's right a now. beautiful book I it mean, is just it, love all the pictures and stuff it's gorgeous call me up at 1-866-405-8405 and i'll put this beautiful book in your hands if you're not lucky enough to get through head on over to amazon right now and order this puppy up it's called my old dog rescued pets with remarkable second acts written by laura coffee she's our guest and if you're considering adopting an animal, consider a senior dog. Check your sh- local shelters for the senior dogs and find out their disposition and how perhaps they will have a second act in your life. Laura, thanks so much for hanging with us today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls for Dr. Debbie and for dog father Joey Volani next. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Let's see. Let's head to John. Hey, John. How are you doing? Hi. So what do you got going on? Oh, I got a little puppy. He's six months old. It's a miniature poodle. And she's sweet as can be. We're worried about feeding her ice cream. We don't know anything about that sort of thing. Okay. You're, you're worried about it? Is she currently eating ice cream? Yeah, we feed her a dollop once in a while. Vanilla. Okay. So you're looking to ask me for permission to give your dog ice cream. <laughs> Is that right? Will it hurt her? <laughs> Well, it depends. Um, there are certainly dogs that are, have very sensitive stomachs and veering from their uh, regular diet can upset their system. The interesting thing that people need to recognize is that dogs and cats, a good majority of them, are actually lactose intolerant. Um, so that's something to think about when we start offering them different um, dairy products, that that can cause some dietary upset. And it may not be a life-threatening illness, but, you know, we might talk about excess gas, soft stools, maybe some vomiting. Um, as a child, I can tell you my dog, uh, he definitely dined on uh, cleaning the uh, ice cream bowl, <laughs> a regular occurrence. So... A little bit probably is not going to be a big deal, but in general, there's a lot of fat in ice cream and calories that we really just don't need to do. So I, I'm i not going to give you that clearance to say it's okay to give ice cream. It would just be something I would try to discourage. That, that's interesting. The local young man at a pet store suggested I take and put uh, peanut butter in uh, wet dog food and freeze it and then like, give him that. Well, that can be kind of a fun treat, but I would say rather than put it in the food, frozen peanut butter can be very useful when we're uh, trying to get dogs to uh, be occupied, chew on toys. So you can take a little bit of peanut butter, stick it inside a Kong or another kind of chewing toy and keep them occupied. I don't want to just give dogs food. That really, it's it's pretty ungratifying. I mean, yes, they, they like to eat it and it's yummy, but it doesn't really occupy their mind or their chewing instinct. So I like the frozen peanut butter in a toy. I don't like throwing it in the bowl. That's just, it's not letting a dog be a dog. Don't do that question. I just got told yesterday that it's dangerous to feed dog grapes. 
Grapes. Yes, that's actually true. Um, grapes and raisins have the potential to cause kidney failure in dogs. Thank you, Debbie. And what about chocolate? Chocolate. Oh, that's another one. Chocolate's a no-no, and small amounts aren't likely to be toxic, but you can certainly get a taste. They'll develop a taste for chocolate. And my own dear Labrador had ingested several pounds of chocolate items and had the world's worst chocolate toxicity. He had heart arrhythmias, uh, vomiting. It, it was a really bad state. So it can be toxic in large amounts. So um, I don't like to do it at all. We have a list over at the uh, website at AnimalRadio.com of foods you should not feed your dog. Thank you for listening, John. I appreciate your call today. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much. one 405 That's what I'd be saying if I was eating Stella and Chewy. <laughs> I have seen you eat it, Hal. These guys have an underwritten animal radio, and they know that pets thrive when they're fed the same food they get in the wild, and meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat with wholesome fruits and vegetables, probiotics, and even antioxidants. Learn more at StellaAndChewies.com. I believe we have Bob on the phone. How are you doing, Doc? I'm doing fabulous. What can I help you with today? I've got a six-month-old golden retriever. And awesome. Considering getting him neutered, but I want okay. to know—I want to know if there's any disadvantages to it. Okay. Well, probably the biggest uh, disadvantage or shortcoming, I guess, is a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of fear by uh, a lot of pet owners, and usually they're males um, that it's going to somehow change the pet or the personality is going to be gone. Um, and I, I'd say that there's a lot of. Uh, I get a lot more resistance with this with the male clients, so I'm not picking on you here, Bob. But uh, no, I got neutered too. It didn't bother me any. <laughs> I'm still the same. <laughs> well, see, that's a great testament right there. Yeah. But as far as like a downside to neutering, you know, there's so many positives and benefits that it's really when you over, when you weigh the pros versus the cons, they really the cons don't even really stack up. And, and the number one thing that I would say that a lot of people um, kind of uh, attribute to spaying or neutering is that um, the pet can gain some weight. And I always have a contention and a problem with this because. Neutering in itself does not create a fat pet, um, but it does create a change in their metabolism, so we have to be ready for that. Um, so my suggestion is when you sign up for that day of neutering and you take them in, on that very day, I have a mindset change, and I realize that we're going to have to feed our pets differently at that time. Um, so rather than just keep on going as you are, if you decrease your feeding just a little bit, then you'll help kind of offset that metabolism change. And then also, you know, keeping up the activity and all that good stuff. How old does he have um, to be? Yeah, generally for neutering, um, between four and six months is probably the choice of most uh, practicing veterinarians. You know, at shelter situations, we do earlier uh, spaying and neutering. Um, so if you have the option to kind of wait, I like to do it between those ages because I think that gives them the chance to get some of their mature size, uh, let them get some of their growth under their uh, under their belt, and then also, you know, get all those vaccinations, those important wellness things accomplished. And then, um, you know, the other thing I would probably tell you with a golden retriever, when you get him neutered, um, I would really look into um, checking his hips. 
um, because that's a breed where they can have a high tendency of some hip dysplasia. So talk to your vet, you know, maybe have an x-ray shot while they got them under. It's a perfect time to get a look at that. But I would certainly, uh, you know, I'd encourage you there, Bob, because I think it's there's so many benefits, you know, beyond uh, population control. It helps with decreasing reproductive cancers, you know, behavioral problems, desire to kind of roam and, and want to get away from the home. Um, so I think all of those things really outweigh that, and I wouldn't have any we, hesitation. We have a female dog that's a mixed dog, and uh, she was spayed quite some time ago. She's eight years old now, and she still gets urges. So, I mean, she, Well, you know, that's interesting. Anything. So does she try to mount him? Yeah. Okay. You know what's going on there? That is actually doggy uh, hierarchy. That's doggy dominance. Yeah. Yeah. So in in the human world, you know, um, you'd probably just have that figured out. But in dog world, they have to kind of demonstrate that. And, um, you know, she's just saying, hey, I'm boss over you. Um, And it's not always the older dog that is the boss. But in her situation, that certainly sounds like that. So it's hard to watch. I just turn my head and just shake my head. And when that happens at my household, (laughs) and, uh, you know, just kind of look the other way. But, uh, no, she's not actually having urges there. I have one more question. Yes. Real quick. Uh, on my retriever, he's got a spot right above his tail on the back of his butt that's kind of scabby. He's been biting and scratching at it. Is, is, do you think it's dry skin or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it certainly could be. Um, and that's a, that's a main area where we do see some flea allergy dermatitis. So I'd make sure that we're doing some really thorough flea control. Um, There's no fleas up here. Not where you're at, huh? Where are you? High, high desert of California, up by Ooh. Victorville. Oh, wonderful. You know where Victorville so, is. Mm-hmm. And he's a little bit young, but we do see in older male dogs that they can get what we call stud tail, um, which is a kind of a change in the oil glands at the top of the base of the tail, kind of on the rump area even. And they can get some hair loss. They can get some kind of crusty, even like a yellow or an orange buildup on there. Um, I'd be a little surprised if that's what he's got just because he's uh, still kind of a youngster. This is um, right on a butt, on, on a top of, right on behind his hips, between his hips, right, you know, above his tail, about five inches above the tail. Okay. About the size of a half dollar. If it's not something of a hormonal nature, then I would want to take a look at that and see if we've got a, maybe a skin infection. Um, and I, I know you say you're not in flea country, but that might be something to check as well. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. i got to take him to the vet get his heartworm test anyway. All, All right. right. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. Okay. Hey, thank you, thank Bob. you, guys. Have a good one. one 405 Here at Animal Radio, we usually only talk about stuff that we've tried out ourselves. We feel that's only fair that we try everything we we endorse or we talk about or advertise. Yeah, and sometimes we try them on our animals. Sometimes we even try it on ourselves. And you've done that <laughs> with this new new product. I did. I had to. This is Lucy Pet Products' new shampoo. What, what flavor did you use? Well, on Ladybug, I did the Blueberry Brightening Shampoo. And I tell you what, her white is really white. It really brightened her coat. And then I spritzed her with the leave-in conditioning spray. She smells so good. I mean, I just wanted to just take a bite out of her. She smells so awesome. Now, I know you also tried this on yourself. What flavor did you use on yourself? Well, I wanted something a little more calming for me. So I tried the Purple Rain. It's a calm and clean lavender shampoo. And when I was in there and washing my hair, I tell you what, the bathroom just smelled good. And then I actually got out and did a little of the spritzer and on my hair, too, and a little bit around the room of the Purple Rain. So it smells wonderful. Next, I'm going to try Berry Berry Smelicious. And it's called it's the <laughs> Tropical Freshening Shampoo. 
These are all the brand new shampoos from Lucy Pet Products. And the amazing thing about Lucy Pet Products and this company and every product that they sell is that it all, all benefits local charity. Yeah, they're products local. with the cause. Yes. Now, I'm not saying like 10% of your purchase goes <laughs> to, I'm saying 100% of your purchase goes to help out these animal welfare organizations locally. So when you buying any one of these great smelling shampoos, you're helping animals in your local community too. So you have the Big Apple, you have Blue Lightning here, it's the Blueberry, Surfing Jack. This smells a little bit like coconut. I want you to smell it a little all smell wonderful. And uh, we have the purple rain here, which is... It's lavender. It is lavender. Okay. So they help animals in your area, and it really works on your dog. Plus, it's made with natural ingredients. Here's their website, LucyPetProducts.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You could see the studio. <laughs> it's a good thing this is radio. I've never seen so many animals in the studio, and they're all being pretty quiet and pretty well-behaved today. Of course, we're very lucky at our job. We get to take our animals to work with us because it's all about our animals and your animals. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. Call that number, and on the other end, we have Dr. Debbie answering your questions, as well as dog father Joey Villani. And uh, working in our newsroom, and thank, thankfully there is a newsroom in this country that is working 24-7 to cover animal news, and Miss Lori Brooks is on top of that. How are you doing? Yo, I am. I'm well, Hal. How are you? Very well. What do we have coming up this hour? Uh, we're going to talk about when we say that the America's favorite breed of dog, everyone goes, it's the lab. Sure. That's the lab, Labrador Retriever. No, wait, wait. We're going to back up because there have been a, a couple of companies, animal-related companies, that uh-huh. have torn apart their databases. And they've come up with some other information for us. For example, one of the bits of information has the favorite breed of dog for each geographically different area of the country, like the, you know, the East Coast, the oh. West Coast, the Southwest, the Midwest. Oh, you mean so... And they're all different. It's different all across the country. Wow, I did not mm-hmm. know that. So does lab dominate somewhere in the country, do the labs? Uh, actually, it is... I can't tell you that. <laughs> Are you trying to suck me? He's story. Uh, i, I got to say that. Try, I did get... <laughs> I did get a preview from Lori, and I actually am very shocked and surprised at some of these uh, these breeds. So yes. Now, what makes a popular breed? I guess that's my question. What uh, is it? Is it who owns most of them? Yeah, or, or, I guess or, an area that has the most in the, of that singular breed. Is that the criteria you'll be talking about later? Not trying to break. Well, sort of. It's done by um, one of these uh, stories is done by an insurance company oh. with the information that they released. So they probably go off of the different kind of claims that they have. Okay. Last hour during the news, we learned... Is that your phone? Whose phone is that? Oh, that's your phone. That was mine. Uh, I'm sorry. We all look around down to see it. I don't know that ringtone. Uh, Last hour, we learned that uh, dolphins will be apparently helping women give birth. And uh, this is like the most bizarre thing I've yeah. ever heard. Uh, ladies will be actually taking to the ocean alongside dolphins to give birth as their... Uh... How the heck does a dolphin assist you? 
Is it just supposed to make you calm or something? You know, that whole story is kind of wacky, isn't it? Yeah. That's bizarre. (laughs) um, They're founded by spiritually related uh, businesses, okay? Uh, And that's not that spirituality is funny. It's that everybody has their own take on that, and it's individual to everybody. So you can kind of think what you want, and we're not (laughs) supposed to go to the really odd side of it. But this woman, in that story, when she said that she thought that her baby would be born able to speak dolphin. Yes. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's good. That's a good impression. Wow. I like that. Don't all babies speak dolphin when they're first born? (laughs) I'll tell you what. If you missed that story last hour, you can catch it again on the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. It's a free download, so go download it from the uh, respective store right now. And uh, you can hear it all over again. Find out what that's about. Because it is truly a bizarre story. Uh, let's hit the phones right now for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. I was saying how well behaved all the dogs are. Now we're yeah, getting a little right. bit of <laughs> let the dogs out. Woof, woof. Let's uh, speak to you now. Hey, Mike. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Where are you calling from today? I'm calling down by Monterey. How can we help you? I got the team here for you. Okay, yeah. I got a dog that l- likes to eat everything. And he's not discretionary, and I was just wondering if there's anything you can do to uh, dissuade that or uh, negatively reinforce that. Well, there's a lot of things you can do, definitely. Um, Negative reinforcement, and we don't have as much luck with this kind of behavior, because anything you do to negatively try to correct the behavior actually draws more attention and makes it more fun. So we try to focus on distraction, positive reward for other behaviors, so I'm assuming he's eating things like, you know, inanimate objects, rocks, uh, sticks, yeah. things like that. Little, little stuff and, uh, you know, feces from other animals sometimes or whatever. Oh, delightful. <laughs> so in what context is he doing that? Uh, just when he's, you know, going for a walk, anything, you know, he just smells things and eats them, you know. He'll dig a hole sometimes, you know. He's just a character. Yes. Okay. Well, a lot of what we got to do is really um, make this guy tired because a board or a a board dog or a dog that has a lot of energy is going to be more apt to pick up things and investigate their environment. So I'd like to find opportunities for them to run, to play, um, playing retrieving games. If you have um, daycare facilities, doggy daycare facilities nearby, that's a great opportunity. But also even just things like obedience work. That is actually more um, physically draining than a lot of physical activity because they are using their brain. So if you do obedience work, um, that can tie into things like agility or other types of activities like fly ball. Those are great things to make your dog tired and just kind of burn his candle down a little bit. Um, but really, you have to work hard on decreasing the opportunity of when this can happen. So if you're out on a walk, um, some tools you can use would be um, the basket muzzle or a gentle lead style harness um, that fits over the nose where that controls the movement of his head. Um, that's really important because if you're out walking, either um, you know just supervised on a long leash, um, you have to be able to prevent that opportunity. Otherwise, it keeps feeding the behavior of making it fun and enjoyable for him. Um, so that okay. also means that, you know, around the yard or in the house, if he's doing that kind of behavior, you just have to make it so he cannot get that opportunity. So if that means keeping him kennel confined when you're away or not supervising him um, or keeping him on a, a line in the yard where you can control his activities. Um, but that's really the biggest part is you just can't leave him unsupervised. Distract him, too, when he's starting to do that and get him to 
Exactly. Or do something yeah. Else. Okay. Yeah. So if your dog is starting to get into the poop in the backyard or getting into something, you want to find something that's going to be more appealing, a squeaky toy, a ball, um, make a lot of uh, to-do about it, Yay, make a happy voice, and you're going to go in another direction of where that is. And that helps to distract and find something more exciting that's going to be a, um, you know, a, a positive reinforcement. So you don't want to try to wrestle the poop out of their mouth or pick that rock out of yeah. their mouth because the opportunity to swallow it, especially with rocks, becomes very high. And I see a lot of dogs that actually come to my office as the people are trying to pry the item out of their mouth. So, yeah, definitely don't go that route. Um, I had some great success with um, Tabasco-laced poop in my yard. So it takes a little bit of work. You have to kind of, you know, stick the Tabasco sauce inside um, a single piece of poop um, and clean the rest of the yard. But I'll tell you, it worked for my Nikki girl, and she looked at poop. The, she never looked at it the same way. So, um, I like that. But it is a bit gross. You have to be kind of gross like me to be able to, you know, do that. I like that. Well, those two ideas, we'll, we'll work on them, and then I'll maybe call you back in a month. Hey, Mike. That sounds great. Thanks for your call today. We appreciate it. Uh, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Solid Gold. 40 years, it's a long time, even in people years. And that's how long Solid Gold has been working to improve the lives of pets everywhere through love, care, and a little thing called holistic pet nutrition. Well-balanced nutrition and recipes you can trust. Try Solid Gold today. And thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, who's this? Hi, it's Glenn. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm good. Where are you calling from? Uh, California. Big state. Where? <laughs> San Diego. A lot of calls today from San Diego, California. Uh, you are on with Dr. Debbie. Uh, hi, doctor. Uh, I have a hey, how are you doing today? Good. What can I help you with? Uh, it's kind of weird. My uh, my dog is uh, like rubbing his bottom on the ground. Oh. Uh, you know, just kind of pushing along every now and then it'll you know it's kind of it's just weird <laughs> and uh it's kind of a movement uh, perhaps you've maybe seen that on television programs on comedy channels things like that where they're dragging their behind <laughs> well sort of yeah okay what kind of dog do you, is he uh it's a shih tzu shih tzu and what's the baby's name tucker tucker all right and uh, has Tucker done this very long? Is this something new for him? Uh, something he just started. Okay. Do you keep him clipped? Is he a, um, a groom dog, or do you have him in full hair coat? Uh, he's actually trimmed pretty short, surprisingly. Okay. And is there anything that, when he's doing this, um, does he show any anxiety? Does he try to turn around, chew his behind, anything like that? Yeah, a little bit, exactly. Okay. And you didn't mention how old he is. How old is he? Uh, he's 10. Ten, so you've had him for a good spell, then, huh? Yeah, I haven't seen him do this before. Is there any kind of discharge, any color that you're seeing, any blood, anything unusual down when, on the floor area when he's actually doing that scooching? Uh, not that I've noticed. Well, Is the that first thing that really comes to for? Yeah, that's definitely something to look. And, you know, one of the first things I would do is step up behind him. And if he permits this, is I would kind of lift up that tail area uh -huh. and look right at his butt. Uh -huh. As unpleasant as that sounds, we want to look there um, because... Um, around a dog's anal area, they do have some glands, and they're scent glands. And um, basically, they're the same type of gland that any carnivore would have. So a skunk has glands that stink, and so do dogs, and so do cats. And they're located right around the anal area, and they're located right about, I'd say, about the 4 o'clock and about the 7 o'clock area. If you look at the behind as a 
as a clock. Yeah, my, my, my dog is a skunk and a clock. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, any kind of uh, thing that helps visualize these things. Yeah. Okay. But when you're when you're looking at the target and you're looking there, you want to look off to either side. If you see any redness, any swelling, and or any kind of open sore. That is something that would give us a clear indication that we have an anal gland uh, problem and potentially an infection. Uh. Now, some dogs with anal gland issues, they're, they're a gland that doesn't really do much of anything. They're really just pretty much a scent gland. And, um, you know, when dogs scoot like that, they're trying to relieve the itch. Um, so you definitely want to have your pet evaluated with a veterinarian, and they'll do a nice rectal exam, put on a latex glove, check those out. And maybe we'll be lucky, and maybe all Tucker will need is just to have those glands emptied, um, which for a lot of dogs does have to be done fairly regularly. Um, some groomers are, do that as a maintenance type thing. So that's why I was kind of asking you before if you took them groomed, to get them groomed, because a lot of that maintenance work many uh, groomers are very comfortable doing. You know, it's possible because we've just stopped taking him in on a regular basis. So maybe that's what the deal is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because if they've been doing that successfully and we're not keeping that up, then definitely that could play a role. Yeah, with he's actually. I've never really thought about doing myself. And no, you know, and I've had many clients ask me, is this something I can learn to do? Can, can you teach me? And I've had a few people that have the heart and the will to try. And it's, it can be done. It's just, uh, I don't know. I'm a pet owner myself and it's, it's not something I like to look at my dog children and say, come here, let me take care of that for you. Um, it's sometimes, I think something a professional, um, it's best to not have that uh, breakdown in your uh, relationship there. Right. Maybe, uh, uh all the pictures, the skunk, the clock, the rubber gloves. I think I'm going to take him in. Yeah. Now, now, if he does have an actual infection or an abscess, um, those can be kind of interesting to deal with because in many cases they actually have to be flushed out, be on antibiotics. Sometimes pets need those drained. So um, it would be something definitely I'd get on right away so we can find out if it's something on the milder end or something a little bit more serious that we All have right. to address. Well, picture me lifting up my dog by his tail. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. And you know the... And there's some definitely some other things that will cause dogs to scoot besides those anal glands. So um, that's probably the most common reason that we'll see uh, dogs dragging their behind across a carpet, tile. I've seen them across cement. Um, but other things can also be um, potentially parasites. Um, there are some types of worms, um, particularly tapeworms, that can cause some itchiness in the, the butt areas. Um, and as well as some dogs that have allergies, uh, food allergies or seasonal allergies, will tend to have itchiness. It isn't always just on oh. the butt area. Um, they tend be, to have that. In, yeah, it could be fleas, too. I know he's really allergic to fleas, and we just had a bad bout, and I finally got, some, got him uh, taken care of, so maybe that was it, too. Yeah, and that's where sometimes, you know, skin, the, the rear end is just as much skin as anywhere else. So if you are having a problem with a skin disease, whether it be a flea problem or an allergy problem, um, the dog is a whole. So, yeah, we definitely want to make sure we don't focus in just on that butt. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Debbie. Okay, well, uh, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. It sounds like uh, any, any way you cut it, you have to go to the vet on that one. Is that correct? Yeah, and, and for most pet owners, you know, checking those glands, um, you know, you, you're treading into unfamiliar water, so you really want to see a professional for that. Judy used to do that for a living. Well, she used to no. do it at a vet's office. When I had to, that was <laughs> part of the grooming when I bathed the dogs and clipped their nails, and you 
you know, eliminate their anal glands. You would. Not a pleasant thing to do. No, no. Many a gagging going on. You have to have a, quite a quite a constitution to be able to do that. Yes. Okay, so leave it to the professionals. one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Solid Gold. Well, here's a company that prides itself on using only the best, most nutritious ingredients. That means no meat byproducts, meal, no corn, no wheat, no soy, no added sugar, no artificial preservatives, and no ingredients sourced from China. You like that, don't you? Yes. Each Solid Gold dry food recipe is crafted with only high-quality ingredients that are balanced for your pet's whole body health and a lifetime of happiness. Solid Gold recipes include a diversity of proteins from around the world. They have Australian venison, duck and quail from France, Alaskan pollock, New Zealand lamb, and then U.S. sourced beef, bison, and chicken. It sounds like a menu at a pretty ritzy (laughs) restaurant. It's making me hungry. With over 28 varieties, all formulated to help support a healthy mind and a free spirit. Look for Solid Gold's premium formulas at Petco in your local pet store. Our pets aren't afraid to be exactly who they are, and that's why we love them. In a single day, they can be free-spirited goofballs, hard-working protectors, and all-around best friends. They jump and miss, run and fall, and show us the meaning of fun on a daily basis. And they deserve a food that fuels each new adventure. Make the Solid Gold switch today and discover the true benefits of holistic pet nutrition. Solid Gold, food for free spirits. Did that get your attention? That's how it works on your dog, correcting undesirable behaviors. It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care, rather than pain or punishment. The Pet Corrector allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking, stealing food or shoes, or chasing people and dogs. With a simple, you can stop all these problems. Find out more at www.companyofanimals.us and get the dog you've always wanted. Right, Max? This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is so easy to ask our experts your questions about your pets. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. On the other end of that line, Judy Francis, she's uh, screening your calls, you know, to keep the Baba Booey's out. How'd <laughs> <laughs> I do? Baba Booey's. Uh, she'll uh, determine whether you need to talk to dog father, Joey Villani, or to veterinarian, Dr. Debbie White. We just call her Dr. Debbie around here. Lori Brooks, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Uh, we've had a lot of great information passing our way today, uh, a lot of fun little tidbits, and, and one more because I think, you know, when it comes to animals, there's a little bit of a rescuer in all of us, sure. right? We all like to find an animal at home. We'll tell you, what breed of dog has had the biggest increase in the number of adoptions around the country? Because, mm. you know, I look at pictures, I see like a little dog, and I go, oh, that dog's got a home for sure. It's too cute. See a big dog, uh, you know. We'll just sort it out for you. Okay. Now, i got to say, while you were out on a smoke break or a vape break, whatever that was, 
that I went into the newsroom and I saw the list. And I got to tell you, I'm not going to I'm not going to blab the list, which is what I normally would do. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to stick around for this because it's some very interesting breeds across the regions of the of the country. Hmm. Maybe even one that you have. Let's go to the phones, one 405 I understand we have Carol on the line. Uh, Harold? Harold. Hi, Harold. I, I mixed up Harold and Carol. There, I, there seems to be a very significant difference in this case. Harold, you are on with Dr. Debbie. Yeah. Well, hi, Harold. How are you? Doing fine, Dr. Debbie. And this is going to make a big difference with the question from being Harold and Carol. Um, <laughs> I just went in and had my vasectomy done, and... Why is it that we castrate dogs and remove the testicles instead of just doing a vasectomy and leaving the hormone-producing organs? That's a very good question. Harold, do you have a dog of your own? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, and he's, he neutered? Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, I'd kind of say that if we castrated uh, more humans out there, we might have less problems, but that might but not be politically correct. But the reason we do that in dogs is because we want to minimize the effects of the testosterone, the bad effects, and that namely being that we'll see dogs with uh, high testosterone levels that aren't castrated may have more problems with aggression, where they may start more fights, may not be as suited into the hierarchy of the dog in the household uh, family situation. So we want to try to minimize those effects of testosterone. So if we just do a vasectomy, that just kind of makes them not have babies. <laughs> so we want to make sure we still address that hormone problem. And also there are some, some other very important things that by when we avoid the testosterone, we remove that source, it, it has a lot of health benefits too. And um, for a dog, if they're not neutered, those testosterone levels stay up high, and they can create some problems with the prostate gland. And this is kind of where the parallels with men come into play, because as men get older, they have a benign prostatic hyperplasia, and that's kind of fed by the testosterone. With dogs, they can get that same thing, but we can actually prevent that by neutering them. And for the most part, they don't complain about it. I say more male owners complain about that um, than the pets actually do. In that case, I'm glad I went to see my doctor instead of my vet. Yeah, well, probably, <laughs> good, probably a good idea. We appreciate the call. Well, this Healthy Helping of Animal Radio is brought to you by Solid Gold Holistic Pet Food, crafted with gold source core nutrition for your pet's optimal health. Each Solid Gold recipe is perfectly balanced for a lifetime of happiness. Make the Solid Gold switch today. And thanks, Solid Gold, for underwriting Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks, so you think you know what America's favorite breed of dog is. Uh, you probably do, but each part of the country also has its own favorite or most popular breed. That's according to Trupanion. The insurance company went through its database and reports that in the Midwest, it's the Great Dane that is the most popular dog. Now, if you're out on the West Coast, it's the Australian Shepherd. And in the Southwest, the Miniature Schnauzer is the most popular. And in the East, it is... The American Pitbull Terrier. If you're in the South, in the South, 
A lot of retirees. It's the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel that is the most popular dog. Now, that is according to Trupanion. But before you get too excited about this, the company also points out that mixed breeds are the most popular dogs overall in the whole country, followed by mm -hmm, Labrador Retrievers and then German Shepherds. But meanwhile, there's more to this story. The folks over at Rover.com, they checked out their data to see which breeds are trending for them. Now, their findings include, here's some of them, all of the states list the Labrador Retriever as their number one breed. So we are getting some different stories, but just a little more in-depth. The Chihuahua, according to Rover.com, is the number two most popular dog in 19 of the states in the country. And if you put all 50 of the states and D.C. together, the so-called Pitbull mix has the greatest increase in adoptions over the past year. And uh, as this barrage of information continues of who owns this, you know, the most that or the most popular that, we continue. We're talking now about animals vying for the most unusual pet insurance claim of the year. I wouldn't want to win that contest. One of the favorites to win this year is Jackie. She's a terrier mix who lives in Indiana. Jackie needed x-rays and laxatives after she figured out how to open the family's junk drawer and then went ahead and ate all of its contents, including a bottle of perfume and a pair of sunglasses. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. Hi, this is Dean Coombs on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. Grab your animals, bring them around the radio. We are going to bless your animals, or better said... Dr. Reverend Capers will bless them. Doctor, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? It's wonderful to be on Satellite Radio Worldwide with you guys. And you know, I absolutely am just honored to be able to bless all of the animals on your broadcast who listen to you faithfully every day and every week. Well, now, before we do that, how are the animals? Well, you know, we lost Hope Angel oh. um, a year ago, unfortunately, but it was his time to go, and it's all right, but we got a little bird, a Spanish parrot, and her, her name is uh, Janius, and believe it or not, 
Janius is the reincarnation of my godbrother, Michael Moultrie, who passed wow. away. Wow. Now, how do you know that? Because he told me. <laughs> okay. He said he, said he was the reincarnation. <laughs> okay. I, that makes sense. Yes, he did. He, you know what? I speak parakeet. You do speak parakeet. Speak, yes, I do speak parakeet. I did not know that. And, you know, if you, yes, if you're telepathic, you can speak all animal languages. Oh. And since that the doctor is telepathic, of course, I go to the San Diego Zoo all the time to speak to the orangutans and and to the beautiful monkeys and to the giraffes. I try to do at least once a week or once every other week. Oh, now, do they speak great. back to you? Of course they do. What the social ones do, and of course, just like people, we have some who don't like to speak at all. So we have some antisocial animals that just don't want anything to do with us, huh? But you know what? It's funny because we think that animals, just because they're animals, that they should be allowed to speak. And now, as an animal psychotherapist and clairvoyant, you know, a lot of people bring their beautiful children, animals, to me, and I work out those issues with them all the time. Animal psychotherapy, like what kind of issues are they dealing with? Oh, she feeds me the wrong kind of food. I don't like what she feeds me, and she eats better than I do. Ah. Uh, she doesn't take me out for enough walks, or he doesn't seem to hold me and pet me, but he he does more for someone else than he does for me. You know the same problem. The, the same have the same problem as children, as adults do. The same mother issues I have, probably that that whole thing. Of course, you weren't petted it's enough as a child. Real. Now. It's very real. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hal wasn't petted enough as a child. I, I wasn't spanked oh. enough as a child. That was my problem. How is that true? I think it Are is. Are you telling me the truth there? Well, yeah, you, you're, you, you know, can read. You know, you well, know exactly you, what I'm thinking, right? And you've known Hal for a long time. Yeah, I was just thinking, you oh know. Oh, my God. How, how many years has it been? Is it 25 years or more? I was thinking 27 years we've known each other. Oh, Hal, you're believe- so absolutely correct. I remember when you were first young in the business, and we you I used to be on your show almost every week, and I, I just loved and adored doing your show. I mean, you were always so great, and I had so much fun for so many years, and I, I just want to express that to you. Thank you well, so now, much how come for you sound so, on your show. How come you sound like you're getting younger, and I sound like I'm getting older? <laughs> well, that's because I'm engaged to be married, and my wow. fiance is 25 years younger. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good going. Yeah. Thumbs up. Oh, no, 20 goes into 60, a hell of a lot more than 60 and at once. <laughs> oh, very good. Okay. Well, on that note, I think it's about time we bless those animals. We have all the animals around yes, here in the studio. I, I'm looking forward to blessing the animals. I was thinking about St. Francis today as uh, I was thinking about your show, that the importance of blessing the animals is so important because they have souls and they need the blessings and our blessings and and to give so much love to them. So if I can begin the prayer right now, I would be grateful. Please do. We're all ready. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. God, we ask that you stretch out your hands and move by your wonderful spirit today. And bless each and every one of our animal children, those who are greatly loved, and God, those who aren't as loved as much as they need. We ask that those get more love, and we ask that you bless every dog and every cat and every bird and and every other animal that we haven't mentioned today. And as your blessing, we ask that you touch them from the top of the head down to the soles of the feet, shield and protect them, and. Spirit of Most High God, we ask that you dispatch angels from the north, south, east, and west 
and surround our baby animals today and let them know that they're well loved and we love them so graciously. And for doing these things, God, we're so grateful. We give you the honor, the glory, and all the praises for each and every one of the blessings of the animal children that you've given us. To God be the glory. Amen. Oh, yes, I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Reverend Capers, Blessing Our Animals. Is there a website where we can uh, find more about you? Oh, yes, you can go to drjamescapers.com. We'd love to hear from you. Or give me a call at 619-280-0778. Now, don't forget, if you need a pet psychologist, I'm available. Our pet psychic, I'm available, although I'm clairvoyant. But we're here to service all of your needs. And we just want you to know we just have so much love for all of you. And God bless you all. I'm going to put all that information up over at the website at AnimalRadio.com. Dr. Capers, thank you once again. We will hopefully speak to you before next year. I hope so, and I would love to be on your show anytime. Now, if you have any pet problems, any parents who are having problems with their pet, you can, we can get me on the line with them, and we can straighten it out on your show. Bye now. He's always oh, Reverend Capers wears a lot of hats, huh? He does wear a lot of hats. Fun. He sounds fun. He's a good, <laughs> good, good he, he has good energy around him. No kidding. He does. And a woman, 20... 25 years is senior, junior, junior. junior. Now, I hate him now. (laughs) Now I hate him. Friendly Magazine presents the 7th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks on Route 66, with advocate sponsor Shelby, a magical holiday tale coming soon to DVD, along with community sponsors Zeus Dog Toys, Pet Curin, Dermagic, and Blue Dog Bakery. Media sponsor, Animal Radio. The tour travels from L.A. to Chicago, powered by Sprint Reynolds, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Log on to Get Your Licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, who's this? Terry from Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Terry. How are you doing today? I have a question for you. I have a seeing eye dog. She's a Labrador. She's 11 and a half years old, still working. Okay. Um, around probably seven and a half, eight years old, she started this shedding thing. And before that, she hardly shed. You know, like there would be the seasonal shedding where she would go through a bit of shedding and then, then it was over with. But starting at eight years old and on, she, shall we say, has accelerated her shedding. I was wondering if you can recommend, I noticed you mentioned something about some supplements such as oils and that that might be good to add to their food. What's her name? Her name is Henna. So she must be a yellow lab? That's right, uh uh-huh. Okay, well, I have black labs, so I'm totally a fan of the breed. Um, huh? But they definitely are one of the worst breeds out there for shedding. And I guess for henna, though, the first thing I'd want to know is, is she having any problems where she's actually scratching or you're seeing patches of hair loss, any kind of sores, anything of those natures? No, nothing like that. Do you uh, groom her yourself? Do you take her to a professional groomer? I groom her myself. I have a, a Furminator. I am such a fan of that tool, and we started uh-huh. selling that in my office. People come in flocking for that thing, and yeah. it is great. 
some of the supplements that I may have mentioned in the past, um, one important thing would be to uh, try using a fatty acid. And there's a lot of good ones on the market. The idea with a fatty acid supplement is we're supplementing the essential fatty acids for the skin and for the hair quality. So that can be important even in a healthy pet, even one that's right. not suffering a deficiency. And there's some different brands out there. Um, I like um, Derm Caps, um, Icosiderm, and uh, those are some of the typical ones you can either find at uh, the veterinarian or even at the okay. pet store. Um, and it's something I think is, you know, you're in the same climate like we have in Las Vegas where it's hot, it's dry, oh, yeah. and they just can't put enough fatty acids in foods or they'll go rotten. So it makes right. good sense to supplement that. Okay. Um, and I it definitely, do you use any special shampoos for her at all? I've been using the Ferminator shampoo, which I like a lot. There are some other types of conditioning things if we're dealing kind of more with a problem situation. Uh-huh. And um, that might be if we see a lot of excess flaking, actually if the hair kind of pulls out in, in larger clumps and if there's any crust associated with that, then, then there would be some conditioning shampoos that, you know, maybe on the prescription veterinary line that I could recommend. But I, I think a lot of what you're going through is typical Labrador hair coat, just constant hair loss type problems. And, and sometimes in older pets, we see that, you know, nails and hair do grow a little bit faster. I think you'll, uh, you'll learn to balance the problem. You'll probably never beat it, but hang in there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is Animal Radio, baby. Here, give me that pet corrector. We've been trying to train Joey Volani to stay away from the donuts. It is uh, He's not, a lost cause. Yeah, not working so well. But if your dog steals food, donuts, toys, shoes, whatever it is, get yourself one of these. A little pet corrector will distract your dog, enabling you to bring focus back to you where you can reward them for not stealing the donuts. Find out more over at companyofanimals.us. Good boy. Hi, Cheryl. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from? Savannah, Georgia. Beautiful, humid Savannah, Georgia, right? Very warm, yes. <laughs> okay. You are on with Dr. Oh. Debbie. Hey, Dr. Debbie. Well, hi. How are you today? I am good. Um, I was actually calling on behalf of my mom. Um, she has two cats, two male cats. Um, older, they have been neutered, but one has recently started spraying. Okay. And I thought maybe something was wrong with him. She seems to think that he's just upset that there's some construction going on around the house, and so he's doing it for attention. Okay. But I thought that maybe there's an, a problem with him. I mean, you know, he's at least six years old. They've been neutered, and, you know, he just started doing this. And did you say this is a boy cat or a girl cat? Boy. Okay, this is a boy. Alrighty. And do you know the, like, the situation when he's doing this? Is he, um, spraying on walls, corners, or is he going in certain areas of the home? She's never seen him done it, do it, but, um, she said it's been on the wall in the living room, and he recently has started doing it in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. Oof. That's unpleasant. <laughs> and, and, um, has, he's never had any kind of health problem as far as any kind of urinary infection, anything like that in his background? No, he's overweight. That's it. Okay. Oh, well, gosh, 80% of the dogs and cats in the U.S. are overweight, so that's a, <laughs> that's a problem. Um, as far as, uh, do you know, are the kitties indoors? Do they go outside at all? Indoors. Indoors. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, some of the different situations when, when we have cats that aren't used in the box that we really got to look at is we got to get basically in the mindset of the kitty and look at it from their eyes. Sometimes it, it is a um, behavioral problem. They're either marking territory, they are basically communicating with other cats in their midst. So that's a possibility. And there's, you know, there's a possibility we could be having a medical problem. Um, commonly we see urinary infections, uh, sterile cystitis, we see st- stones, um, even things like diabetes and, and kidney problems, which will cause cats to urinate excessively and they'll start to go in other areas. The one thing that you said is that if he's if he's urinating on walls or on corners, that's kind of more of like a spraying or marking behavior. So we'd really have to look at some of the behavioral things going on in the home. And, um, you know, if they're strictly inside, um, I always look or in, in the immediate environment, check the outside area, see if we have feral cats, neighborhood cats that are in the area, which might be visiting them, uh, and they can see visually through a window. Um, in many cases, we need to really take those things into, into mind with our indoor kitties, close blinds, um, keep visual access away because it's basically a chronic frustration for indoor cats if they see those cats or smell them through the doors. So I'd uh, definitely want to look at that. Um, and the other things that we'd look at is the litter. Cats are just as picky about their litter as some people are their shoes. <laughs> so we need to look at the litter substrate, um, whether it's a clumping litter. Um, some cats prefer clay litter. Um, and mixing that up and trying different things. Okay. Um, the other thing is that when we look at litter pans, we want to have generally one more litter pan than per cat you do in the household. So I would look to make sure we have three litter pans somewhere within the home environment. Because um, if not, um, sometimes cats have nonverbal communication and they will um, choose to go elsewhere uh, if they cannot get to their litter pan. Another common problem I see with litter pans is we as humans like those little covers that go over the top of them, but cats don't always dig them, and um, it will really drive them to go elsewhere and to, to mark or to urinate el- elsewhere. So um, if you have a lot of covered litter pans, take the lid off and give that a try without that. And then certainly we want to make sure that, you know, we look at, um, you know, any, any potential health problems. So if, if your mom hasn't taken the kitty in for a urinalysis or a urine check, I, I would really make sure that we do that um, because we don't want to miss a medical problem um, and go down that behavior pathway um, and, and make sure that's dealt with if it's appropriate. Um, okay. And, and there are some, you know, other things. Um, has she tried any types of remedies or any kind of medications, anything along those lines? No, she thinks it's his personality. He's upset. He's doing it. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, some cats, you know, they can be difficult. They can be challenging. And I was fortunate when I had kitties, I never had to deal with this. But my heart goes out to people who have to deal with cats that spray because, as much as you love your kitty, um, there's certain limits you have to have in your household. Um, so if you know all these other things are addressed, you know, sometimes we'll actually turn to chemical help um, or drug therapy for cats that have behavioral related spraying um and and there's some good different options out there um uh things and and i know the uh, clinic cats we've had some experience with one of them um with uh, prozac or fluoxetine um there's several different behavioral meds which we can consider for cats um to try to help them in managing their anxiety and their spraying as well as some other types of natural things like pheromones which we can use in the home to help kind of bring the anxiety down a little bit and hopefully help them cope with some of these inner cat type issues. 
So I've given you a lot to think about there. Has that been of any value for you there? Oh, definitely. That gives me some ideas to pass on to her. I appreciate it. Okay. And then certainly, you know, make sure that we check that litter pan. Um, don't use ammonia in your litter pan or in the areas where you're cleaning. Um, so we want to make sure that, because that actually attracts urine to those areas. So keep that litter box clean. Let's keep our kitties happy. And uh, good luck to you, Cheryl, and to you and your mom. Uh, let me know how things turn out for you. Well, it's that time again. We're going to get on out of here. Thanks so much for hanging with us today. If you need a fix during the middle of the week, there's a couple of ways you can get it. Of course, over at the website at animalradio.com. You can also download the Animal Radio app for Android, iPhone, and BlackBerry. It's a uh, free download. Download it now and listen anytime you want and ask questions whenever you want. And don't forget, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, that Dr. Debbie has written a Kindle book just for you, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. You can get them over at Amazon. We have links at AnimalRadio.com. So grab your pet right now. Head on outside and have yourself a great day with him. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.